Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing well. I'm thrilled to present to you a wide-ranging conversation that I had with the one, the only, Tommy Sotomayor. Now, if you don't know who Tommy is, my only question is, where have you been? We talked about everything. We talked about families, women, men, love, parenting, race, you name it. We delved into it and uh, it was really very funny and very engaging and very enjoyable. So I hope you'll check it out. Also, you want to check out Tommy's work. You can check him out at SotomayorTV.com. We'll put the links to all this below. YouTube.com forward slash TV 2 And you want to check out the movie that he's got coming out this summer called Fatherless America, which you can find out more at FatherlessAmerica.com. Without any further ado, here is Tommy and I for a good chunk of man talk. Particularly on YouTube, there is the challenge of, you know, controversial speech, uh, political speech, speech. Uh, and this is on the left and the right. I mean, I think you could argue it's been targeted a little bit more to the libertarians and to the right. But this issue yep. of demonetization, um, I'm not sure how you, you know, uh, afford your uh, specious appointments uh, around you. But uh, <laughs> is, is this affecting you in terms of what you think you can talk about, what you're willing to, to go and discuss uh, on the web? Yes, to a to a certain extent, but then everything's affecting me. Uh, about a week and a half ago, I lost over five hundred thousand subscribers. I have so many channels because people have been flagging YouTube, my YouTube since I came on in twenty twelve. Um, I, pro- I probably, if I had all my channels together, would have around a million five subscribers. Uh, if I had all my channels together, the views would be ridiculous. Uh, but because I can't do it, they're playing whack-a-mole with me. Every video I put up, they take it down. Uh, usually the reason why they start taking your stuff down is um, true. Look at what they're doing to all of the gun channels. They're demonetizing all of those. Usually conservatives talk about guns. Uh, look at a lot of what the people on the right are doing, talking about. Again, if, if you say Donald Trump sucks, well, your channel stays up and um, your views go up. And you don't get flagged down and they don't take the de- they don't demonetize your stuff. But if you do something like me and you because what I'm talking about affects the black community greatly. And I call the black community the, the canary in the coal mine. If it happens to us, it will happen to everyone else. It just happens to us first. So you need to pay attention. In America, you can look at how liberalism is destroying the black community, how the black community are pushing out the fathers. Then you look at what, again, they're monetizing versus what they're demonetizing. You're watching girls twerk. You're listening to the rap songs, talking about doing drugs and killing each other. But they're not demonetized. How's that possible that social commentary on these certain actions are? So it's affecting me greatly and it's affecting everyone else. But if you look closely, it's mostly affecting men. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I do know that there have been, and it may be sort of the appearance of being even-handed, but there have been a lot of leftist channels that have been demonetized, except those who have sort of their special cozy relationships with uh, YouTube. But it's also happening on Twitter. I think a lot of people are looking at the smoking craters of people's Twitter accounts like yours and saying, ooh, you know, maybe I should, maybe I better just tweet a few more pictures of my lunch uh, so that I don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. They're making everything bland and social justice-friendly. If you look at it, you could be a social justice warrior and talk about things that probably don't even exist and encourage people to get all upset and walk out and march on the president or march on um, uh, Milo or uh, make sure they have something bad to say about me. But any kind of real discussion, apparently they don't want to be they won't want it to be had. In my opinion, it's creating more mindless people because 
if you take down this type of speech, one of the first things you're going to uh, ruin is how we talk about politics. Then the next thing you're going to ruin is how we talk about the government. Any type of censorship like this, when will it, will it stop? It's like you said about uh, Assad and the whack-a-mole. If America goes around and tries to find one problem, it's going to find another one. If you find one piece of speech offensive, you're going to find another one. Right. So this, you know, this sort of comes to something that is a bone chilling realization that I had some years ago. And maybe maybe you share it. Maybe you don't. Let me know what you think. But when I was growing up, you know, there are all these social problems. Uh, you know, there's single motherhood and then there's problems in the black community and there's problems in other communities and there's problems with drugs and there's problems with with poverty and the. And it's, you know, we were supposed to be marshalling all of these resources to come rain down money and goodwill and laws and preferential legislation and affirmative action and equal pay for work of equal value designed to solve all of these problems. And I'm old enough now to remember when these were all supposed to solve these problems. As time went forward and these problems either A, didn't get solved or B, actually got worse, nobody wanted to question how these problems were being approached. And I then began to get, this is sort of before I became sort of a, a public guy, but again, I get to this kind of feeling, maybe, maybe these problems aren't designed to be solved. Maybe there's all of these programs that are out there to create dependency in the population, to create a stable livestock of generally left-leaning voters and so on. Maybe these problems aren't designed to be solved. Because when you have real conversations, you know, like you've had with a bunch of people, I just watched your Dave Rubin interview, which was highly recommended. When people right. actually start to have honest conversations with the goal of saying, let's really work to try and solve these problems. Let's look at the empirical evidence of what's happened. Let's look at what we can change. I mean, it feels like, uh, I don't know, it feels like you're a Syrian airfield. <laughs> you know, like all of this stuff comes raining down on you when you're just trying to have an honest conversation about, okay, some stuff has failed. Maybe we can change some things. Well, one of the things that they were going after right now was men having discussions about women. But women have been having discussions about men ad nauseum, I'd say, for the last 40 years on television, 30 to 40 years. They don't make enough money. They, uh, they, they challenge the sex life of a man. It needs to be better. They challenge the intelligence of men. Women are smarter than we are. and We don't get it. They even try to tell us that women grow up faster than we do. Just everything. And yet when you get into the justice system, if women are so intelligent, why is the justice not doled out the same way when a woman kills her husband versus when a man kills his wife? When a woman kills her husband, the first question we ask is, oh, hey, what did he do to her? When a woman slaps her, a man, they say, wonder what he said to her. Have you ever heard a woman getting slapped by a man and the audience was like, I wonder what she said to him? Have you ever seen a trial in which a man was able to kill his wife and say, well, she was verbally abusive to me, so therefore I killed her? There are women who've gotten away because they said their their husbands were uh, was uh, verbally abusive. There were women who have threatened men and told them, I'm going to tell the world that you rape me if you don't do what I want you to do. There are hundreds of men who have went to jail on false weight rape. The woman wasn't prosecuted for making this call. It's the same thing with what they're doing on YouTube. The women are still going to be able to talk about men. I know several women's channels where all they do is talk about guys. And I haven't heard them talk once about being uh, censored. But then look at Madonna. When you can say you want to bomb the White House and not be arrested and it not be a big hurrah about it. Because, well, that's a woman. She's like a kid. Uh, and that's how America's treating the women because no one respects men. So men can be quote unquote bashed all day. You don't even hear the term male bashing. Men, we have to own up to everything we do. So we can be criticized. 
any way possible. But it's women. And if we don't stop and look at what's going on with the system, with the YouTube, with the social commentary, that women are still allowed to say what they want. Women like Maxine Waters is allowed to say whatever she wants. But as Bill O'Reilly says, she looks like James Brown in a wig. <gasps> He's racist. Well, I mean, this is what you hear all the time. You know, women and children, women and children, women and children. You know, like if there's a boat going down, women and children, even in the Syria thing, right? I mean, the, 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 who was gassed? Women and children. I'm sure. sure there were a couple of men out there. Doesn't matter. Put them in the back, back of the bus. Men don't matter. Women and children, women and children. And then you point out, well, you know, we don't allow children to vote. Whoa. Now we don't want to be in that category anymore. Now we don't want to be degraded to no moral agency anymore because this kind of double standard, it, it, it drives you kind of crazy. And I think this is what people had concern about, that women have so much power because, you know, protect the eggs, white knighting, this deference to women's preferences. You know, the only way our ancestors made us was by deferring to women to the point where they got to reproduce with them back in the day. So... There is this male instinct to defer to women. And if you combine that with the power of the state, I mean, I think we're living in, you know, possibly like the late Roman end days of the ultimate matriarchy. No, it's being done on purpose. And that's why um, my movie was about this idea of look at what you're doing in a divorce. It doesn't matter if you've been married for 20 years and split everything down the middle. As soon as the divorce happens, the world says she should get the kids and he should get the bill. Even a divorce. She should get to leave uh, or he should leave, but leave her her a friend of mine. He, he got married three years ago. He's from the Netherlands, Sweden, sorry, flew all of his family ever had a big, beautiful wedding out in L.A. We get a divorce now. He had a million one point five million dollars in the Hollywood Hills house. She gets it and he's living in an apartment. It was his house going into the marriage. Yeah. How's that fair? He's only been with her three years. How is the, why, would, why do we assume kick him out of the house, let her have the house, let him find residence? But this is a normality for us. The guy sees his kids every day. He works. Well, that's not him. I'm just saying a guy in general sees his kids every day. Wife says, I want to leave. He must leave. He must now be okay with seeing the kids that he saw every day, once every other weekend. That's the first thing they think of. That's a fair charge. And you look at it, and I've heard women say, I, can't, I couldn't live without my child living without me, or living in a house without me. But they never consider if a guy feels that way. So if we're going to run America this way, why are we running it this way? I tell people it's a wealth transfer. If you take most guys and you take women out of the picture, we're not going to just spend money on crazy stuff. That's why 70% of the commercials are aimed towards women. Because they know women will take from someone and just spend it right back because they expect to get it again. Because my daughter, I have a daughter. Her whole life, she's just getting stuff. I don't make her cut the grass, but I assume if I had a son, he'd have to cut the grass. Why am I doing something like this? Dates. If you look at what a woman does, let's say uh, I'm trying to get a date once a day for five days. And she's trying to get a date once a day for five days. And let's say we both make $50,000 a year. Well, if I got once a day for five days, dates, well, I got to pay 50 to 100 bucks just to sit here and talk to this woman so she can eat or watch a movie or whatever it is we do. Now, that same woman is getting taken on five, day, five dates. She doesn't have to spend one dime on dinner or, move or entertainment because the guys keep doing it. What are the guys getting out of it? Just her time. So we're being told that a woman's time is worth money, but a man who goes and work for most of it isn't. Wealth transfer. 
You take it out of his pocket, give it to her because she's going to give it back to the state. Well, that's a that's a great point. Now, I've never spent much time in malls till I became a father. I have a daughter like yourself. And mm-hmm. in Canada in particular, come winter, if you want to have a nice walk around, you got to go to someplace enclosed. So, you know, when I got a little housebound, a little house crazy in the snowy trench of infinite winter known as Canada, I'd take <laughs> my daughter and we'd go down to the mall. Now, before... I don't know how you shop, but for me, I mean, I'm like the horse with that blinders on. Like I'm a bungee in, bungee out. Like I don't want to spend more time here. There's only so many plastic plants and plastic tables I can actually look at. I want to go in. I want to get my socks. I want to pick up my SD card and I want to get out. But spending more time in malls, it's kind of hard to miss. There's like two stores for the guys and the other 350 stores offer fairly useless consumption stuff for women. You got your diamond rings. You got your shoes. You got your wraps. You got your weird soaps that really look like it should be on a dessert table. There's like really crazy stuff going on. And this is why if you transfer money from the hands of men who are going to spend uh, on sensible things to a large degree and save to a large degree, which is great for the economy, you know, more money for entrepreneurs and all of that. If you get it into the hands of women, you stimulate economic activity in the here and now, which is kind of what politicians want, because then they can say, well, look, our economy's growing. It's like, yes, but, but weird soaps and bath bombs is not a sustainable economic model. Thank you. And, and that's what hurts me the most. Every time I bring up this idea, and I'm glad you said that, every time I say wealth transfer, it seems like people get glossy-eyed. I'll, I'll <laughs> say, well, well, that doesn't make sense. Now I'm trying to tell you and the same thing you said. Especially when you get a daughter, you start to realize it. My daughter sent me a text message last night. Look at these glasses, Dad. And I know what that means. Whenever she says look at something, it means I want you to buy that. But I click the glasses. They're just these pink Bland glasses looking like uh, the, the, what's the name, the girl from Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> oh, Vera. Was it Vera? And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, how much is it? I go to the bottom and I read, my 11 year old daughter wants me to buy her a pair of $350 non prescription glasses. Huh? <laughs> wow. And, and in Canadian money, that's like infinity. So that's, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. 350 <laughs> Yeah, and I was thinking, why would an 11-year-old, but then every time we go to the mall, ooh, I want to go to Justice, ooh, I want to get this, ooh, it's lip gloss, and I want to get this. And I was like, your son would never go to the mall and say, let me walk into all the shops. She's 11, and she wants to watch the makeup stuff, and she wants to, and like you said, it's a bunch of ridiculous stuff. It's stuff that in the long term makes no sense, but guys know this. I go into the mall with blinders on as well. I'm going to get shoes, a shirt, and a hat. I get shoes, shirt, hat. I'm out. Walmart's a perfect example of women walking in saying they're going to buy three things and walk out <laughs> with 303 things. Things they didn't need, things they don't even know what to do with. How many of you have had a mother, a wife, a girlfriend say, I just bought this. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it looks so good. How many, how many guys have ever switched on the shopping channel? I, you know, every now and then, right, you know, when I don't have cable anymore, but when I did, you know, you're flicking through the channels. Every single time you land on the shopping channel, it's like, here's something shiny that a magpie would like to put in its nest, and you can get it for four easy payments of $19, because apparently it's not that easy to do this kind of math. And <laughs> you can get it shipped to your home where you can put it on a shelf and dust it every day for the rest of your life while wondering why the hell you bought it. There's not one thing I've ever seen on the shopping channel that I would even remotely, I would pay to not have that stuff in my house because it's just more work but and it's just a whole other planet for female consumerism that i don't understand to me there's nothing wrong with it i mean living in a, a beautiful house is nice can be well appointed and so on you know bachelors live uh, you know it's hard to even get the uh, ikea furniture unpacked you're willing to sleep on the cardboard rather than unpack the futon 
So, I mean, I like the fact that women beautify the nest. I think it's a great thing. But I do think it's gone a little bit crazy in the pursuit of, you know, happy women and a stimulated economy. I think it's turned into a kind of financial cocaine that doesn't seem too sustainable. Well, you said women beautify the nest. But here's the problem. In the process of this beautification of nest, they're kicking man out. So it's not like they're beautifying the nest you guys have built together. Right. No, they're kicking right. you out. You go get something else. She gets this thing sustained again by everyone around her. When I was in San Diego yesterday, one of the saddest things, and I, I had always talked about homelessness. But when you see it face to face, it hurts. And I don't know if you've ever been to San Diego, California. There's a large skid row population. And I was I was driving and I'm having fun. I'm seeing how nice and beautiful it is. And then I see this blue tarp. Then I see more blue tarp. And I look left to right and I noticed these are all people. But you know what else I noticed? They were mostly men. Mm. Mm. So why is it that there are more homeless men than homeless women? When And then what's scary, like you're talking about Assad and you're talking about America and you're talking about our military might. That's a bunch of men. But it goes back to what you said about the people who were hurt. If they had said they killed, well, we don't even have to play the if game. Nancy Grace, every night on her show, tells you about somebody overseas, one of our soldiers, who's dead. Nobody's outraged. She says it every night. It's not a night that goes by when she says, well, nobody died. So every night she's talking about some guy, some soldier who died. But there's no outrage. If there's no outrage, why not? But when you say there were women and children who were gassed, <gasps> we can't gas women or children, but men, that's a par, that's par for the course. Look at these football players in America. Don't know if you guys do the same thing up there, but we have um, prostate cancer month in November. In October, we have breast cancer. Breast cancer for the football players, which many of, most of them will never suffer from breast cancer. They pink themselves out, pink outfits, pink gloves, pink, sho- pink shoes, but they do nothing in November for prostate cancer, which 50% of them will suffer from. How does that make any sense? We do not care about men in general as a society. Men in general die 10 to 15 years earlier than women. If this was a stat reversed, there would be several television shows saying, we have to make it to where women are living as long as men. Same reason why we say the jet, we, women need to have the same rights as us when it comes to certain jobs. But then nobody points out women Never argue when a female teacher has sex with her student and she gets three months probation, but a male teacher has sex with his female student and he gets 20 years. This double standard, you know, and, and I remember when I, um, a couple of years ago, I went to give a speech at a men's rights conference uh, in Detroit. And uh, beforehand, I got a call from the conference organizer who said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm letting everyone know because uh, it's your choice, but we've received uh, some bomb threats. Uh, for uh, for the conference. And, uh, you know, I thought about it and thought, well, you know, I mean, odds aren't that high. And there was actually a woman speaking there who was a former senator uh, in Canada. And um, so I, w- I went and gave the speech anyway, long story short. And the, the, the reporters who were there were still talking negatively about the men's rights conference. Like, oh, no, there's men talking to each other for support and information sharing. Oh, no, it's the end of the world. They're planning on X, insert some horrible thing here. And I just remember thinking, of course, you know, if there was a feminist conference and some men had phoned in a bomb threats, I mean, there would be no end 
of hand-wringing and horror and investigations and people would be dragged in front of court systems, as they should. You know, bomb threats are, are criminal and so on. But not only was there none of that, there was still slagging of the men getting together to talk to each other about issues that face men in particular, even though there were a lot of women there who care about their men and love the men. Hello. <laughs> Apparently, I got it. I don't know how this happened, but... I am known as the cat whisperer. Uh, cats cats like my voice. Um, I don't know if I sound catty uh, or something like that, but uh, that's a beautiful cat, by the way. Yes, she is awesome, but she is very clingy. <laughs> that's all right. So, yeah, this kind of double standard. If If you start to talk about men's issues, it becomes blindingly clear just how disposable we are. Provide me some resources and then do me the honor of an early grave. That's, you know, if I can't get it through child support and alimony, at least let me get it through life insurance and inheritance. And I know there are exceptions. I mean, I'm married to a wonderful woman, but in as a whole, this um, male disposability stuff is not really discussed to the degree that it should be, because I think a whole lot of so- social power uh, rests upon men just going to work, giving up their taxes, shutting the hell up, and not causing any trouble. We're like the livestock. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We get nothing free in college, but women are arguing about getting free stuff, but they're still told, uh, they're still telling the world we're equal. They're, uh, I love the equal pay stuff, but they never talk about 92% of all workplace injuries that go on here in the United States. I don't know what it's like up there, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, pretty much the same. Uh, They're all men. So if 92% of all workplace injuries in the United States are men, only 8% are women, why would you still tell me, but the pay needs to be equal? Well, the injuries need to be equal. I've never seen a video of any skyscraper being built and there are a bunch of women walking across the beams. I've never seen it. I've never seen an all-female construction crew when I was seeing houses being built out here in Arizona. It's a bunch of guys on, on top of uh, roofs and, and, and le- doing electric work. I'm not being crazy, but it seems like they're picking and choosing when they want to be equal and the government allows it. So if someone picks and chooses when they want to be equal, then they're not equal at all. You should be equal across the board. If you're going to, when women ask, well, what happened to chivalry? Uh, feminism killed it. Of course it would have. You can't tell me I'm supposed to have feminism and chivalry at the same time. You can't do this. When the when the jails are full of men and you still watch women, here's my biggest issue. Women can get off from killing their whole family because of their emotional status. Men can't get off from killing people because of they were emotionally harmed. So men are supposed to have emotions is what we're told. A woman can throw a drink in your face, slap your face. One of the funniest things you see on television is always some guy getting hit in the balls. Sharon Osborne got on television and talked about a man getting his penis thrown into a food processor. And she laughed and said, wee, with glee on national television. Now, what if you and I did a report on a woman getting her clitoris cut off or her breast cut off during an assault? Do you think we'd find that if we made that joke? How far do you think we'd go right after we made that joke before we were boycotted? But... You know, and, and I agree with you. And and once, you know, this is like the third eye that cracks open that you kind of wish you could shut up again. <laughs> but you can't because <laughs> once you see it, you see it everywhere. And you can't watch TV commercials without the man not having a clue about how to do anything. Because, you know, really, Tommy, what have men done throughout history? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's not like built civilization invented every labor-saving device. And in fact, men invented labor-saving devices for women before they invented life-saving devices for men. You know, like uh, masks to protect you from black lives when working down in a coal mine so that women didn't have to chop wood up where it's sunny. And so there is this relentless focus on male incompetence and this 
this programming that goes into the female brain and the male brain, which mm-hmm. is men are not really that necessary. Now, the reality is for women who want to have babies, for women who want to be moms and, and raise kids and so on, Without the state, men are hugely necessary because someone's got to go home and bring home the bacon while the woman is doing the um, intense, amazing work, you know, and all kudos to this, you know, the sleeplessness, the breastfeeding, the discomfort, the, it's a lot of work raising uh, a baby uh, if you're going to do the sort of recommended 18 months of breastfeeding. So women are doing all of that kind of work and they'll do it, you know, if you want three kids, that's knocking them out of the workforce, you know, if they want to be good moms and stay home and not dump their kids in like sociopath making daycare centers and so on, then they have to stay home and they're going to be out of the workforce for 10 years. Someone's got to pay the bills. If yeah. you can tell women that men aren't necessary, they still need someone to pay the bill. It didn't change reality. So who are they going to turn to? Well, they're going to turn to their friendly local left-wing politician. And they're going to say, well, someone's got to help me with these kids. Like, like they just rained down from the sky and I <laughs> happen to be here with some blankets and happen to catch these weird aliens. Kids raining down from the sky. Now I'm stuck with them. You know, they're like home invaders. I, I got to feed them. I can't get rid of them. Uh, so, so they're going to end up running to the government, which the government loves. Take men out of the household and you get a nice, stable, big government set of voters from here until the end of time or the collapse of the economy. I'm going to let your readers and watchers guess which I think comes first. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm 100, 1,000, 1 million percent uh, in agreement with you. It's, it's disheartening to watch how men don't matter. It's disheartening to hear the homeless stats. The, the stats of men been put in jail. There are men that have been put in jail for menacing a woman, menacing a woman. The police, ca- the police are called. The woman says he's looking at me in a way in which I'm afraid and he gets taken out of his house. At a certain point in time, we have to state how unfair this is. Right now in the school systems in America, they don't want little boys to be boys. They've taken everything that uh, the little boys used to do, uh, recess, uh, any kind of game. Now they're Shop them- hands-on stuff, whatever you make, right? Yep. Shop class. They don't have anything for them. They're feminizing the boys here. The boys yeah. can only yeah. do things that typically girls do. And it's really bothering me that we, as men, as you stated, we're not showing up for the women will rally for anything. This little stupid thing that they were doing after Trump got elected. That didn't make any sense. Who's oppressing these women? Nobody's oppressing these women. Go out and get the jobs where the men are making a certain amount of money. Go to see you do that job. There was a woman who was fired, uh, who got a guy fired from UPS. Because he said, well, if you're going to work in this truck with me, you're going to lift the same amount of stuff that I lift because you're getting paid what I get paid. She went back and told the supervisor. They fired him. Guess who they replaced him in the truck with? Do you think they put a woman back there with her? No. So they fired him and then put another man back there that was willing to do more backbreaking work. So your career is going to be shorter because you're lifting more stuff and your health is going to be worse. But she's going to make not only the same amount of money as you, she'll be able to do it for longer because the older she gets, no one's going to let her touch a, touch a box or a bag then. I mean, she looks like she's 50. What guy's going to let her grab as many boxes as he does? So he's going to have to grab double the boxes. But they're getting paid the same. Well, and this stuff has real-world consequences, you know. I mean, uh, uh, police shootings, right? I mean, if the more – statistically, the more women are in the police force, the more likely that 
guns are going to be pulled and shots are going to be fired. Why? Because they can't physically intimidate, they can't physically manifest themselves as um, being able to bully or coerce or corner the criminal. The criminal's going to look at them. Like there was this video, I think it was in Sweden, uh, three three female cops. Was it Sweden? Three male? F- you tell the story because I, I can't do it without like laughing and crying at the same time. It was time. amazing. There was three cops and they went to arrest this one man, one guy. And he fought all three of them to the point of where they couldn't do anything. And it was just funny to watch. But then it reminded me of what happened in uh, Missouri, I think it was. Was it Missouri? Well, the woman ended up shooting the big guy because she said he was reaching into his uh, truck. Now, the guys were there and they didn't shoot because, well, they saw, well, he doesn't have anything in his hands. So they charged the woman finally. But she said, well, I was afraid. Because he was so much bigger than her, she's the only one that thought, well, if he grabs me, I'm going to lose. So like you said, you will the, the shootings will go up if you had women on the street. And I made a joke on one of my shows. I said, if me as a man, if I call 911 and the first cop car there is a woman, I'm calling them again and telling them, okay, now send the real cop. Because that woman is not going to be able to help me. If I called you because somebody's home in, is having a home invasion and that woman can stop him, it'll probably be because she shot him. Well, I have my own weapon, so I don't need her. But a man can sit there, and I saw him do it with a black guy. For as racist as white people are supposed to be in America, they all just wrestled him down. They and, and it was like they didn't need to shoot him because they were men, and they can physically fight him. And in places like Sweden, if they're going to let their people walk around without guns, how can you have women on the force when you're going to be dealing with guys who are big, guys who are on certain drugs? It's not going to go well. So you'd have to employ probably three times as many women to get the same kind of force. Well, and uh, the women uh, who were trying to take, I think it was a migrant, uh, they had uh, tasers, they had clubs. I mean, and the guy was unarmed and he was just throwing them around like rag dolls. It was like watching Chewbacca toss a weeble. I mean, it was not, uh, it was not what you really want to see. And it certainly doesn't engender, so to speak, a lot of confidence in the security that the state can provide you. And again, this is not, this, this is just natural differences. I mean, on average, women have 40% less upper body strength than uh, men. And, you know, they're a tough, uh, women and weak men, but you know we all have to deal with the bell curve in life, and it's the same thing with um, questions around uh, you know why aren't there more women in STEM fields? And you know what's always kind of interesting to me is that the women who are actually in the STEM fields don't complain about this. The only women who seem to be complaining about there not being enough women in STEM fields are women who took like gerbil, lesbian, interpretive dance, or something like that. Who are, you know they're not in STEM fields. And I remember uh, there was a woman, I think her name was Christina Hoff Summers, when she was questioned, she was giving a, a lecture on this, and why. Aren't there more women in STEM fields. They're like, well, what field are you in? <laughs> well, it wasn't a STEM field. And it's like, well, you know, you could fix that by at least one person. And that is not what I thought empowerment was going to be. I didn't think empowerment was going to be one of the oldest and most cliched feminine tactics of all time, which is to complain to men until men give you what you want because they get exhausted. That is like the oldest, most cliched Bickerton's nightmare of female cliche. I thought it was going to be go to the state for support. Are you kidding me? Sisters can do it for themselves. We're independent. We don't need no man. It's like, well, then why is everyone in my wallet? Uh, if you don't need no man, why do you need the money? Exactly. And it, it, it goes race. That's why I say look at what li- liberals are doing. They're doing it with um, the race of black people, too. If you look at what we're, we're saying, we're saying we want to be treated equal, but we want to be given stuff. We're arguing um, in Missouri. 92 per, well, I think it was 97, I'm sorry. 97% of the police force was white. That's ridiculous. And then, they, and then we'd ask the same question you just asked. Well, ma'am, did you raise your son to grow up to be a uh, police officer or a rapper? 
Did you raise your son to grow up to be a basketball player or a judge? See, you have all these people complaining about 97% of the police force was white, but none of them said, look at all these black applicants that we sent to be a police and they turned them down. So you're not trying to change the actual demographics of people who are policing you. But as soon as the people who are willing to police you do something wrong, you're going to say they're racist because look how many of them that there are. Well, you're not trying to get into that field. Stop complaining. Same thing about women. Basketball. Did you know the WNBA has been in business over 20 years? Did you know the WNBA has never turned a profit? Do you know? Yes, I I did know that. And um, that is one of these things that, again, if it was men and you weren't making a profit, you'd be in the ash heap of economic history uh, very, very quickly. You know, into the past, nothing but net. (laughs) But, you know, it can go on this way. Now, there's something. So you and I were both raised by single moms. Obviously, different single moms, just for those who may be confused about this. But you and I were both raised by uh, by single moms. And you said something recently that was fantastic, and it just blew my mind, which was the sort of um, slow but steady, you know, the tortoise and the hare stuff, the slow but steady wealth generation, wealth creation, the difference between what men can teach their sons and daughters to some degree, and what women will teach their daughters about how you go about getting a decent amount of resources in life, how you put a couple of coins together, how you make a little bank. And you had this great way of talking about it. If you could just sort of share it with my listeners too about the sort of slow but steady stuff that men provide versus the get-rich-quick schemes that the Nigerian prince of Nuki that, that women sort of uh, uh, put forward. Yeah, if you look at it, what what a man teaches his son, and like you said, to his daughter to a certain extent, because I've seen women raised by single fathers, and they have a more realistic goal on how to reach, um, w- how to reach whatever their goals are in life, and a man teaches his son because we don't want we know there are repercussions to everything we do. We teach our sons what to say to other people because we know if he's just reckless with his mouth, he can get beat up, and people say that's what you get for talking like that. Like they're not gonna help him, they're going to say, well, you deserve what you got because of the way you spoke. But women can say whatever they want, be as reckless as they want. And you're supposed to still say, well, don't touch that woman like the Cleveland bus driver who was hit on the head while the bus was moving and then spat on. When he turned around and said, okay, you're going to jail now and hit that woman once, everyone on the bus who was in danger of losing their lives because this woman was hitting him while the bus was driving, jumped to her defense, but never his. They said, that's a female. And that's the story that this is a female. Hence, logic is out the window is what we're saying. Well, once you're dealing with a female, there's no logic. Well, we, don't, we don't have an activate the egg shield button. You know, I've been <laughs> reaching all over my body. I did a lot of yoga when I was younger trying to find my activate the egg, egg shield button. Could, couldn't find it. Well, exactly. So when you translate that back to parenting, if that individual who's able to do these things is now showing the children because the children are going to look at the person and say, oh, I guess that's how life goes. So if you wonder why so many of these boys who come from single mother households are irresponsible, because the mother technically never had to be responsible because somebody was going to come in. She she walked through life with a net. Yes, I'm strong and independent, but oops, if I fall, somebody's there to pick me up. They should be. Or this is a messed up society. You're going to let a woman go out like this. We never said it's about a man. Man doesn't pay his bill. We'll put him in jail for not paying his dinner. Woman doesn't. She'll cry and some, the owner will do it. Like women will say, I'm able to cry out of a ticket or show my breast out of a ticket. I've never seen a dude say, pull my shirt down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I zip my pants a little bit. <laughs> I had a, she has a nip slip. We can have a tip slip or something. I don't know. But we don't get out of tickets like that. So you look at how this individual will then raise the next generation. 
remove the father from that generation or leave him there, but see how irresponsible he was raised. Then you have a generation after that. It keeps degrading because you're not being taught responsibility. Financial responsibility, you and I talked about it earlier, how all of the commercials are put towards women because they know women, as soon as they come in, it's going to go back out. Well, a woman is going to teach her kid get-rich-quick schemes. Most drug-dealing sons come from what type families? Single moms. Single moms. And they, the young guy is 15 years old, and he's saying, I got to make money now so I can take care of my mom, my aunt, my grandma. I know because I have a cousin right now who's in jail, and he's been in jail since I was 20 years old. I'm 41 now. We're both the same, and he's never getting out. And it was because he was trying to provide for the women of my family because there were no men. The promotion and, and people who don't come from sort of single mother backgrounds or haven't talked to people, particularly boys raised in single mom households, there's this weird you become an adult way before your time because you have to be promoted to substitute husband, you know, when before you even hit puberty. And, and then you have to be substitute breadwinner. You know, I got my first job when I was 10 and working, pouring money into the family and so on. You have to get promoted to adulthood way, way too early. You know, uh, your adulthood becomes like one of those nasty green bananas that you're so hungry you're going to eat, even though it tastes like athlete's ass. But you have to basically be promoted into a pseudo provider, pseudo husband, uh, you know, hearing all about the dating troubles of your mom. And like, you know, this is not how it should be, but it seems to be so common. And think about it. What boy wants to grow up into a man if you know the person you love the most, your mom, has a hatred for them because, one, mm. your father did her so wrong. My household, I was told you look like your father. And I was like, well, it must have been good enough to get me here as I grew up to realize how uh, conception worked. I was like, well, if it's such a bad thing that I look like this man, how could you drag yourself to even produce me? And then to uh, like you, my first job was not only at 10, but I was pouring concrete, Ooh. a kid <laughs> working construction. And I would have to pay bills in the house as I came home. It wasn't the, well, use this money for this summer job to pay for your uh, your clothes and to, to save you some money to make sure. No, no, no. It was since you live in my house, you must pay bills as the man. And isn't it strange how women love to say, oh, he's the man of the house. Ooh, Wait a yeah, minute, but yeah. why, if you had just actually picked the man of the house, you wouldn't have had to make a child. A man of a house. If you well, had and, to- and you see, sorry to interrupt, but you see, see all these movies and stuff. And, and I've never seen this scene, but I've seen it so often in movies. You know, the, the, the father dies, you know, as fathers want to do in, in movies, you know, because they're breathing in male, in which case, you know, the lasers of the scriptwriters are all right. And so the father dies. And then at the funeral, you know, they go down to this little kid, this little boy who's in his little, you know, Ken suit and all that kind of crap, right? And what do they say to him every single time? You're the man of the house now. You got to take care of your mama. He's six. He's seven. He's eight. Are you kidding me? And what did they say to the girl? Nothing like that. No. You got to go work in the salt mines of Castle to provide for your family because I mean, come on. It, it this you the father is gone and now the boy is the man of the household. That is nuts. It is. And if you think about it, I like what you said. Reverse it. Man's wife dies. No one ever expects the daughter to now. You got to cook and clean, and do, like your job is to now maintain a household. And whatever you got to be the little wife for your right. single dad. It's like <laughs> that would be ah skin crawling, right? But but look at what they're doing on right now in the public. All these women get to take pictures with their kids nude, and the kid will be like twelve. 
So they, oh. <laughs> oh, the parenting fail videos, like the selfie with the kid in the background going, I can't even afford college and now I have to pay for all this therapy too. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't have enough little kidneys to sell. <laughs> and, and you watch this and you're like, everybody's still like, oh, it's so great. But men, we're looked at as villains. We're literally looked at it as, as threats. We have to, even you can look in a transsexual community. I know I'm touching a, a place I probably shouldn't. But if you look in a transsexual community, if you're a man turning yourself into a, a woman, you're champion. But those women that turn themselves into men, they're forgotten. Think about it. Who talks about Chaz Bono like that? Nobody. But just Why because, would you want to join the losing side? Anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> but just because Bruce Jenner walks around as a woman. He got woman of the year and he hadn't even been woman a year when he got the award. He got woman of the year and he hadn't even been woman for a year. But every time a guy, you look at the effeminized males on television, the more effeminate they are, the more popular they are. But they don't take the masculinized females and do that with them. Why? Because there is a war against masculinity. There's a female basketball player here. She's the masculine one. Her name is Brittany Griner. She plays the male in her relationship. Her female companion got artificially inseminated. They were only married for like two weeks. They got the marriage annulled. She, Brittany Griner said she didn't even know the girl got artificially inseminated. She did it without her, uh, without her consent. Do you know they're taking uh, $10,000 a month, I think, out of Brittany Griner's paycheck for the WNBA to pay for the children with this woman who is now back with a guy? So she's with a guy now, but this other person who's manly has to pay for it. And you think about these things. If women were such smart people and make such good decisions, why is it that almost everything they do, we or the, or the state have to pay for it? Almost everything that they say, they want you to pay for it, but they just want the right to do it. Yes. I mean, of course, with equality, there should ideally be equality of opportunity equals equality of responsibility. Now, if somebody gave me a whole bunch of, uh, uh, of goodies without demanding any responsibility, it's kind of tough to say no. Like, it's kind of a relationship thing as a whole. But this uh, aspect of, of things where women say, I basically, I have no idea where these children came from, but the guy was a total asshole. Yep. And that to me, you've said this, and I've said this before my show as well, and by Lord above it bears repeating, which is the most important decision in society, the, the decision which is the foundation of civilization in many ways, is the woman's decision who to have children with. Everything else flows from that. And basically what happens is, and I heard this growing up as well, well, you know, he was great, and then mysteriously, he wasn't. It was like he got possessed. There was no way to know ahead of time how he was going to turn out. The fact, you know, and, and, you know, if you look back objectively, yeah, okay, there were a couple of signs that you didn't have to be the amazing Kreskin to figure out. But it seems like we are withholding from women the respect of responsibility and treating them as children. With, with regards to their decisions and the decision to create life, uh, to create families, to, to create an environment for children to grow up in, that is deciding the entire future of the culture. Yeah, it's strange, though. A woman came on my show, I think she had, she had done a video where she was laughing with her son about her neighbor's house burning down because she had a problem. So she Facebook live and her, her boy was about five or six. And he was talking to her like they were best friends. Yeah, mama, they're helping down. He was repeating everything the woman was saying. And the woman was a horrible person. So I went off on her. Well, they ended up having me on some radio show in Florida to talk about it because they thought I was being too mean to her. They said, because she's just a kid. She's only a kid. And I said, but 
if her being a kid shows she's emotional and um, just mature, immature, then why is she allowed to have a kid? If you're going to tell her this, then how can she be over something if she can't be expected to be over herself? And I want you to think about that. They're expecting a woman because she's young when she had that kid. Well, she's going to make mistakes. Then why allow her to put them mistakes in someone who is going to believe that everything that you do is actually correct? We have these women who are able to indoctrinate the next generation. But as soon as you try to hold them responsible, we make an excuse for it. Oh, well, she, she didn't have a father in her life. Oh, well, she's not old enough. But this woman who you were telling me is not old enough has three children. She's three of them. A 12-year-old woman can ha- a 12-year-old girl can get pregnant and have a kid. She can have that kid. But she's 12. But she can't drink. But she can't drive. But she can't vote. But she can't sign for a credit card. Now, which is more important in society? <laughs> paying back a credit card or raising a kid. So do you understand that we allow a woman to have a kid at any point in time or kill a kid at any point in time? There's a story I did of a woman who's married. I mean, she was a teacher. She raped the kid. The kid was 16 when they had sex. Rape. She got pregnant. She did six months in jail. He went to jail, too. Do you know what he went to jail for? Failure to pay child support? Bingo. A rape there we victim. go. I, I, hate that I, I hate that that answer was on the tip of my tongue, Tommy. I just wanted to let you know that. I hate that I knew that right away. Makes no sense. Uh, um, would we ever tell a woman who was raped and got pregnant that she must have the kid now? She has no choice. And the guy who got you pregnant is going to take this kid from you and make you pay for being a victim. But then they say men can't be victims. Men can't be victims of anything. So it's a pleasure for a 14-year-old boy to have sex with his teacher. But it's not a pleasure for a 14-year-old girl to have sex with her teacher, even if her teacher's Brad Pitt. It's still wrong. Just think about that. Right. Now, this brings to me a sort of very important question. And um, you, you said earlier and you said before that the black community is like the canary in the coal mine for culture as a whole. And certainly with regards to single motherhood and fatherlessness and so on, uh, you know, where the black community has been for decades, the, the white community is following. I mean, in terms of, you know, like the, the majority of, of um, in New York, I think women under 30, the majority of uh, the, the moms don't have a, a, a dad and not, not married and so on. So it's, it's coming along in, in a pretty horrible way. Mm-hmm. But, and I've said this on my show, and, and people have a tough time understanding it, particularly who are younger, who've not seen this level of cohesion in the black community. But back in the day, right before LBJ's Great Society, give people a quick tour of how amazingly stable, and in many cases more stable than white families, the black community, the black family, the togetherness of the parents used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right before LBJ's Great Society, where he said, if you give me these things, you give me the civil rights, I will have these niggas voting for me for the next 200 years. This is actually what your president stated. Now, at a time in which black people were segregated, Jim Crow and all of that, black people stayed together, they kept their households, and then one of the most affluent times in the United States history is when for blacks is when they had this thing called Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Blacks were doing amazingly well and black money would change. It would would go between black people 15 times before it ever left the community. Now, the homes were there was a mom, there was a dad, there were children. And this is a time in the post-Second World War period where yep. blacks were ascending into the middle class at rates never seen before in human history, in any country, in any culture ever. 
Mm -hmm. There were uh, black millionaires, left, right, left, right. You had the black baseball leagues. You had the black uh, store owners. You had these people, but they had families. The children were being raised. You would see the, the kids in suits. The kids were respectful. The kids understood that they wanted to get married. And then somehow the women were convinced that, well, your men are oppressing you, so you need to join the feminist movement which was stupid because black men never had an opportunity to oppress black women. As a matter of fact, in an integrated society, black women were able to, and, it, and that's why I believe integration was a setup the way it was done. Women were able to get jobs at that point. Once you took down the black major leagues, once you took down the black stores, because, well, the, we want to go to the stores, but it's like white ice is colder than black ice. So, wow, I've never had an opportunity to eat at that white lunch counter. I'd rather go there than the black one now because, well, it's white. So blacks left shopping with their own people in droves, which then ruined the men. The men, where was their finances? Well, the only people who could find jobs were black women. If you look at the movie, nobody saw it that way. I had planned on doing a review because I took my daughter to go see this movie called Hidden Figures about these black women working for NASA. Did anybody pay attention to how many women it were that worked for NASA and there were no men? Yes, white men were comfortable having black women work around them. They never thought black women were a threat. Black women are easily employed now. Black women only uh, 5% of society, but 14% of uh, the United States governmental jobs. How does that make sense? Most middle management, black women. Black women are better at keeping black men out of jobs than white, white people would ever be. But nobody points that out. They are. If you have a black woman who's in HR, she typically will not hire black males. And it's scary. So you looked at what happened in the 60s. When these black families were at a 92% clip, kids were born in, in wedlock. Kids were born in two-parent homes. And you look at it now, where 75-plus percent of black children are born out of wedlock. And if you look at the inner cities where the most violence is, 80-plus percent of them are single mothers. And no one wants to tie that to anything. Are you, you kidding me if you tell me that 80% of anything, it would be alarming to most people, 70%, 60%. The most violent places in the United States, there's a single uh, uh, through thread. And it's not money. Because I know a lot of people say, throw money at the problem, it'll go away. That is untrue. You have to throw morals at the problem. You got morals, you have a better group of people because it won't matter if they're poor or rich. It will matter how they treat each other. You take those stats and you bring it to the public and you say, well, our most violent places are single black mothers in the United States. And yet no one says, well, surely we have to do something about this. Barack Obama, who should have been the first one to say this, surely we have to do something about this. But he didn't. He, a black man, from what they say, a black man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I refuse to say this, but because that disrespects his mom. That doesn't make any sense. He, he, he's biracial. He's not black. But as a black man, he got him a black wife and two black children. He sees how positive having a stable household is. And yet he didn't preach this. He said black mothers are the backbone of the black community. and Black men need to start taking care of their kids. Well, what kind of what is that saying? You're saying well, he women. also said, uh, you know, kids, kids, give them, give them more beatings, and they'll, they'll be, be much better. He was advocating beating the children. I had a, did a video on this years ago, and dear Lord above, I mean, we've, we've, I've put those statistics in this show that that the black families, particularly black women, highest rates of child spanking and child beating uh, in society, and I don't think empirically it's working that well in terms of what what we want to see coming out of these communities. And they're preaching this violence. I don't know if you remember what happened in um, Baltimore when the so-called riot mom beat her oh, yeah, six-year-old yeah. kid on television. And, and white liberals and white conservatives, that's what hurt me. I said, wait a minute. 
all white people are okay with this? I grew up around white people when I got to high school, and guess what I didn't see? White people kicking their kids' ass like that. Now, I did sit in the black community where I was growing up. It was a normality to the point of where if you go to a comedy show right now, what will you hear all black comedians allude to at least once in the show? My mama used to kick my ass, beat me with everything. (laughs) And the whole crowd would laugh as well. And you're like, wait a minute. So our commonality is abuse by our parents. And yet you still have the highest rate of people going to prison, going to jail. So how is that abuse saving people from going to jail? But I've heard black people say the exact same thing since I was little. If they beat him more, he wouldn't have went to jail. Well, I did beat him. Well, you didn't beat him enough, apparently. Like, this, just keep throwing crap at the wall until something will stick. And this violence against black children. And then you wonder why they grow up to solve their problems with violence. Well, if you saw it. A a father has the capacity in some ways to, you know, chill with a stare. You know, it's the same thing with the cops, right? I mean, if it's a female cop, she'll have to escalate to violence more often than a male cop because she can't physically intimidate with the presence of her body, her personality, her size, her strength, and so on. And I think it's the same thing with kids. And the other thing, too, uh, to me in in the 60s, you know, this great pivotal disastrous uh, turnabout for the black community in, in the trajectory from where it was going is, you know, this, this I've talked about this before in the show, the sort of black-white IQ gap of sort of, you know, half a, about a standard deviation. That was closing. That was closing in the post-war period. Uh, yep. and, and then you get the welfare state and you then are incentivizing women to breed with shiftless pretty boys who, you know, don't stick around and so on. And that that closing of that gap between the, the in the IQ gap between blacks and whites stopped. It's stalled, and and it's been unable to be closed significantly since. And again, this I, I tortured Tommy by the the possibility of what could have been. You know, if people just hadn't gone this, you know, we're just going to buy votes by firing money at a problem and and destroying the the black family and destroying the peace and and security of a lot of black childhoods and so on. Where could it have ended up? And, and you know, it did really torture us where it could have ended up if different decisions had been made. We didn't want true equality because, like you stated, right now. The whole idea of ebonics that was given by a white liberal telling black people, well, you're not smart enough to learn English, so we'll just give you a bonnet. You can't you can't speak it the way that everyone else speaks it. But you've been here since since everyone else came. You see Asians come across the water and within one generation, their children speak perfect English. We are told everything that would normalize us in society is trying to be white. As I, didn't see, I didn't see Booker T. Washington have any problem uh, or, or W.E.B. Du Bois or, or, or Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, they didn't yep. seem to have any problem with uh, the Queen's English, so to speak. I mean, that, that didn't <laughs> seem to be a big issue. And that's the thing. But now nobody wants to speak it because if you speak it correctly, it's being white. If you get straight A's in school, you're being white. Do you know one of the dumbest things I've ever heard uh, liberals say? They actually feed again into black people's idea of I need to be saved. I need to be helped. Uh, I'm not as, you know, I'm feeble. They say, well, the SATs are culturally biased. But black Americans have what other culture than American culture? Like, literally, it's not like we came from somewhere else. So the SATs are culturally biased. But Su Yin can come over here at 10 years old from Hong Kong and ace it. So what culture did she learn? That we missed, but they don't care. They never explain these things. So when it's put out there that blacks can't do this, then we believe it. We're like, yes, it's culturally biased. And they don't even know what that means. But you'll hear black people now when you ask them about the SAT, they'll say that score doesn't matter. It's culturally biased. But ask them, what does that mean? They have no answer past the talking points. Yeah, I mean, for me, at least, you, 
One of the greatest ways to see if people have hatred and contempt for a community is the degree to which they generate excuses for that community. Like if you hand over these prefabricated excuses for underperformance, for underperformance in good parenting, for underperformance economically or in the pursuit of education or whatever it is, if you hand people these sort of prefabricated excuses, it's hobbling them in so many ways that it's so frustrating because it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, women in dating. You always hear women talk about how bad men are in dating. You always hear them say, if a woman says she's, if talk to a single woman, ask her why she's single. See if you can find one that says, well, I'm single because I'm a bad person. I'm single because I cheat on every guy. No. What is she going to say? Men. Men haven't grown up. They're not ready to do blah, blah, blah. This guy did a video. It was one of the funniest videos I'd seen. Sad at the same time. He's with this girl at Taco Mac, which is whatever the place would you want to uh, propose to your girl in the Taco Mac. Uh, he's at Taco Mac, and <laughs> he's on his knees getting ready to propose to his girlfriend. He's got the ring out, and she's, oh, she's doing the whole, you yeah. know, I'm getting this ring. And while he's doing it, another guy walks up. The dude closes the box and says, you know this guy? Well, she was sleeping with both of them. Right. At he closes the box, and he says, you had two good men. And you were cheating on them both. They were recording. She looks around like they did something wrong, goes and walks off. Now, what will happen is people who are watching that video, there'll be guys who are like, yeah, she's fine. I get with her. <laughs> so they immediately find her Instagram and or, or Twitter and tell her, girl, I would have never messed you over. Those dudes are stupid. So we don't stick together. Like you said, you have a men's conference. And the men won't show because they're afraid of being looked at a certain way by the women if they see them walk in there. We did a father's rights conference about three years ago at, uh, at the uh, Capitol building. Do you know only about 150 people showed up? 150 guys. And we're talking about helping with child support, getting the system changed, and the men won't step up. Look at what's happening to these men. When you see Paul McCartney going through the crazy divorce he's going through, or that he went through, then when you see what's happening to Mike Epps, his woman is asking for $900,000 a month from him, his wife. Uh, and he used to tout how much he loved his wife on all of his uh, tour shows, and they have two children. $900,000 a month she wants from this guy. 900000 He makes, uh, if you look online, it says he makes uh, $3.2 million a year. She's going to get about one, uh, I think, what is it? Uh, the number is ridiculous of how much she's going to, is it, no, it's 90000 a month. I can't remember what it was, but it's something astronomical, something I couldn't afford um, in a lifetime. But I'm watching this, and I'm like, if the other celebrity men know that they are, they can fall victim to this too. Why aren't we all standing up? But we're all silent. We will watch Tom Cruise get to see his kid behind a bubble and we'll just laugh. We right. will watch um, the so-and-so guy get accused of rape and it doesn't sound right, but well, the woman said it and then we found out it wasn't true, but his whole life has been ruined because of the accusation. We will watch that we have laws put in place called Rape Shield, which the woman can say you did something to her without impunity. So, But we're going to keep her name. But this guy who we haven't found guilty at all gets his name smeared before he ever goes to trial. The Duke lacrosse team was kicked out of school and they didn't do anything wrong, but they couldn't go back. You couldn't give them back their senior year. You couldn't give them back the the, the uh, team that they were playing for. You couldn't give the team back some of their best players. But nothing happened to the woman who told the lie. This is what the problem is. And when you have a society that's being built around empowering the weakest of you, don't mean to offend women, but the truth is when, a, when there's a bump in the night, no woman gets up out of her bed and says, stay here, I'll be right back. <laughs> 
<laughs> so because they won't do that, I'm going to call you the weakest. No man ever says when a woman's beating him up, y'all are going to let her, her just beat up a man. They're just going to laugh at him. So you must be the weaker, weaker uh, part of us. So why is it we're empowering them more than the men? Why is it that a woman is able to well, she thinks you're ugly. She thinks you're broke. So I'm going to have an abortion because I don't want to have this kid or I don't want to ru- ruin my b- bikini body or I'm not trying to have a baby in the summer. It's too hot or whatever it is. She can have an abortion with, and never ask you, what do you want? She can take the morning after pill. She can do several things to not be a parent. She can give it away for adoption. Doesn't need your uh, your consent. Now, as a guy, the only thing you can decide on is if you want to have sex or not. You can be a guy. And a woman can take, they've done this. It's, I didn't even know you could do something like this. They would take the sperm from out of their mouth when they were with the guy or take it from out of a condom and inseminate themselves from it. The guy is still on the hook. You can't have a society that way. And did you know, they're, um, I think it's in America, 53% of all guys who go through um, the DNA test to find out if the kid is theirs, it's not. What kind of crap is that? So that's not... Uh, there's no perjury in that. I mean, you're telling people, I, this guy got me pregnant. And the first thing they do is put him on child support until you figure out if it's yours. Well, in, in England, you actually need the woman's permission to even get the DNA test. You can yes. find out for yourself. Yep. If she doesn't want you to know, you don't have to. My story is, is a little bit like that. I just found out that I have a daughter uh, back in April. Well, my daughter was eight. Wait, you just – wait, Sorry. Rewind. <laughs> can can you run that run that one past me again, just just a little more slowly? I, I I'm paying attention to everything you said. I just want to make sure I got that one fully because that seems like a fairly big one. I thought I only had one daughter in April. Yeah, I found that's what out I've that heard. I, and then you you mentioned two, and I'm like, what? The in April, I found out I had another one. Now apparently, I was with a woman, a one night stand, wearing a condom a long time ago. I don't know how it happened. She explained this because I don't remember her. Well, she found out. He looks like he's making money. But for years, she had blamed it on because she had a, um, a fiance at the time, apparently. I didn't know her. I was just at a bar. She had a fiance at a time. And she went home with me. We did whatever. And that was it. She got pregnant. So because she had a fiance, guess what she did? Just said, it's your baby. And I'm not sleeping around. So for years, this man raised this kid. Then they broke up. Then this man had to pay child support. This man was actually arrested for missing child support. Then she found out, hey, that guy's on te- that guy's on television, and she knew that he wasn't the key, he wasn't the father. But she tested two other people before finding out that I was the father. So while being engaged to this guy, she was sleeping with several other people. Now I took the test, and it came back it was mine in April. And the first thing I had to do was pay child support, of course, because she wanted that. And back child support. And back child kid. support. But the other guy paid some. She, exactly. she gets to double dip in the wallets? Yep. And he doesn't. Now, so now he can't see the kid. She just stopped him cold turkey because it's not your kid. He can't get any of the time back or the money back, especially going to jail and having his name ruined being labeled a deadbeat. How fair is that? I'm, I'm wow. Have you, have you seen her? No, I've seen a little girl. We went out. Uh, we I got her for the whole summer. Let them hang out with each other. My daughter's still like weirded out about having to share me now, though. Yeah, yeah. she's like, I don't really like this. But um, it's strange that the child can be ripped from this other guy. His life was ruined. 
I have a friend who raised a kid for two years and then he found out the kid wasn't his because the girl yelled at him. There was a story I did about uh, in Australia. This woman knew that the, her, the, the guy wasn't her kid's father. But they, he got married because he wanted to do the right thing. Because, you know, the right thing is always men throwing themselves on the sword somehow. I don't know Man how. Up. The, it means yeah. don't have a ball sack and serve it up for social needs that are against your direct self-interest. Man up by demanding yourself in some way. Oh. Yep. So he marries this woman, raises the kid for 10 years. In an argument when they were breaking up, she yells out, no, well, he took care of the kid for 10 years. They, they stayed married for seven. They got a divorce. Within an argument when she was saying she got a new boyfriend and she was like, I'm going to take uh, our daughter out of the country. And he said, well, I have to sign for that. And I'm not. She said, well, it doesn't matter anyway because uh, you're not the father. Now, that, like, that's a total before and after your life moment. Like that moment. sentence floats across the air, gets into your brain, and then you have your life before and you have your life after. And holy crap, those aren't even the same planets. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't believe it. He goes and gets a DNA test, says it's not his. But the state says because you've been paying for so long, you have to continue to pay unless somebody else takes over the responsibility. You got like so uh, the- what, two, in some place you got two years to contest if you haven't contested. But at that time, it's set in stone, right? Yeah, so he could pretty, pretty get short off a- statute of limitations. I just wanted to point that out, you know. Exactly. When we could solve this, if all babies in in the United States or wherever were immediately tested, just immediately test them. Why? How difficult that can that be? But we want to give women the same rights as they do within uh, rape cases. We want to give them the right to lie. We're oh, and, and sorry to interrupt. And I just I just want people to understand this this these numbers. Let's say let's say who knows what the actual number is. You know, one in twenty, one in ten. Let's just say one in twenty. Let's just say one in twenty. Five percent of of the births are not to the father. It's probably higher, but let's just make it that simple. Now, can you imagine a society where? One in 20 babies that the women took home weren't theirs because they just got kind of mixed up. You know, we switched the tags, you know, we were playing cards, (laughs) I lost attention, I dropped them, I just picked them up and figured, ah, you've got blue eyes, you've got blue eyes, what's the difference? And one in 20 women took home babies they thought were theirs but weren't. Can you imagine? Society would go completely insane. But one in 20 or one in 10 guys is taking home a child they think is theirs but isn't. One simple genetic test Easy peasy, nice and easy. It won't happen. Why? Because women vote in group preferences and men don't. Yes. And if you look at, um, take the example you use and just expand it a little bit more. The women who take home children that aren't theirs, when they find out that their child was uh, in someone else's home, guess what they get to do to the uh, hospital? Sue them. So those same women who will sue a hospital for making an honest mistake believe that they shouldn't be sued by the guys that they made a dishonest mistake to. It wasn't a mistake. It was purposely done. You knew you were sleeping with other people. You did not tell this man, hey, there's a chance it could be someone else's. Because no woman ever says, hey, it's a chance there could be someone else's. And the guy said, I don't want a DNA test. That's not how it happens. (laughs) She tells him, like I had a girl tell me when I was dating when I was younger, I've never been with anybody. You're the whore of this relationship. And one day I just happened to look through her emails and she was having photos of her being with other men. Wow. And and, and if you look at what women have been able to do throughout time, we assume that they're not doing. We're just uh, men are horn dogs. We're the bad people. We're the one that's going around cheating on our wives. Our wives are sitting at home knitting booties and waiting for us to come home. 
Oh, it's an old thing when I was younger and I first read about chastity belts. Why, that's just plain crazy. I mean, that would be why. Oh, my goodness. That's such oppression. And now, of course, still wrong. But I understand. Is that old Chris Rock thing? It's wrong. But I understand. (laughs) And and it's 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 crazy that we as a people, we as men, we're not standing behind each other. Um, We can't get us. Look at all of us men who are being affected by the YouTube policies and all that kind of stuff, all the social justice warriors. Yet we're not doing what women would do. If we were the big heads of, uh, and I'm glad that many of us are starting to do a UI, Crowder, uh, Ruben, uh, Milo, that we're starting to say, you know what, we're sh- we have to make this a real movement. We have voting power just like the women do. But because they know your wife will influence your votes, they just go after your wife. Your girlfriend would influence your vote. There are men who are f- refuse to say who they voted for because they may not get a date. Mm. Women don't have that fear. What woman says, well, I better not tell this guy I voted for Hillary because he won't date me. I don't care you voted for. I think you're attractive. <laughs> Women you know, will sit- frankly, <laughs> to, to be honest, you know, just guy to guy, if she's got a nice enough rack, she can say, I, I hand wrote in Satan. And you're like, right. sure, okay, no, no problem. Right. That's Satan. Yeah, I could see him being a good overlord of the planet. Sure. Why not? <laughs> right. Like, so, so you say Hitler's not that bad of a guy. I mean, I understand <laughs> but I'm still going to date you. I'm still going to talk to you. I don't care what you say. I'm dating you, ma'am. So yeah. it's a weird it's a weird dynamic, in, in my opinion, with why does it say it says my speakers are um, mute? But you can hear me, right? right? OK, I can hear you now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. OK, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. weird. But um, yeah, it's a weird dynamic that we as men. We're not so picnicky about. Small things. We're not going to argue with you about small things on a first date. Women will argue with you about who you voted for on a first date. Women will argue with you about things that do not matter. And so men will start to silence themselves to where we have to talk in back alleys and barbershops about what we like and what we don't like because we're afraid if we say it in, in public, we're, we're, we're racist, we're xenophobe, we're homophobe, we're... Uh, Women uh, haters, uh, misogynists. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's all these one-liners and one-words to, to shut us up and to shut us down, and that's why we have a hard time putting together conferences which are helping men. We have a hard time putting together conferences which are helping fathers, uh, husbands who are going through divorces. Look at the, the – if women were murdering themselves at the rate that men are, i.e. suicide. It's six to one? Is it something crazy like that? There would be a huge to-do. There would be a save the vaginas. There would be something's wrong with these women and we're not we're not handling them emotionally. No one ever says that about a guy. As a matter of fact, if a guy goes and get any type of uh, mental help, it, he's weak. Why would you do that? You're a man. Only women are supposed to lay on the couch and tell the psychiatrist and the psychologist what's going on. You're a man. Buck up. Man up. That's why I have well, a if, if, well, if, if girls aren't doing that well in school... We have to change the entire curriculum. We have to make things more female-friendly. We have to do things that the women like, get more female teachers. My God, we've got to... And the study, which actually produced a lot of these changes, turned out to be completely wrong. But who cares? doesn't matter. (laughs) But if boys aren't doing well in school, you know what we got to do? Drug those little bastards. That's the problem. If if women are unhappy, if girls are even illusorily not doing well, we got to change the entire system from the ground up to accommodate these imaginary problems. But if boys are failing, if boys are doing badly, if boys are unhappy, too bad. Here's a mouthful of Ritalin, kid. Now go drool in a corner and shut the hell up. Think about it. When we're talking about all these kids now, 
in high school. They're, they're killing themselves. What are they doing? They're only showing you the females who are doing it because of bullying. You can bully the hell out of a boy and no one says anything. Boys get bullied all the time, especially by girls. You don't think there's no more bullying than a girl telling you you got cooties or a girl telling you you're too ugly or you the biggest group of people in, in, in schools that are made fun of that nobody talks about are nerds. They have movies dedicated to making fun of nerds. But nerds somehow continue to go on and create our iPhones when they grow up. <laughs> They, they don't complain. They don't bitch. They don't moan. There's not a nerd contingent that's running around saying treat us fair. There's not a nerd contingent that's saying it's messed up that the homecoming queen won't sleep with us. There's not. Why not? Why are they able to grow through life and go on and still become productive members of society? But women get to the point of where if you don't like women with nice racks, if you say a nice rack, if you find a woman attractive, it's was funny. If you say that a woman's beautiful and she's in the politics, you're uh, objectifying her. But then if you don't say Michelle Obama's beautiful, because you'll be watching the news and they'll say, oh, Michelle looks elegant. But aren't you objectifying her? Didn't you just objectify her? Well, it's kind of funny because we have a, um, a bit of a ballerina as a PM up here in Canada. Justin Trudeau, a, a very attractive uh, man, but I'm sure the women only voted for him because of his <laughs> eloquent, um, wonderful Lockean sense of political satire and rhetoric and his amazing speaking skills and so on. So yeah, yeah, objective vacation. But there used to be this thing, right? So everybody knows that throughout history, uh, young women have very high sexual market value. And, and this was sort of well understood. And, and women were continually cautioned and warned and told, don't squander it on the wastrel. Don't squander it on the good-looking guy who's not going to stick around. You've got to get the guy who's going to be responsible, who's going to bring home the bacon, who's not going to sleep around, who's going to, you know, you need to rein in uh, your wild lusts, which we all have, and you need to focus it with laser-like precision on a guy who's going to have a decent-sized wallet and stick around and be reliable. Because later on, if you squander your sexual market value when it's at your highest, your sexual market value is going to crater in Less time than you think, right? Less time than you think. Like 30 or 40, it starts to decline and all that. And then you're going to have a lifetime of uh, you know, loneliness and poverty and so on. So there was that. But the state has kind of ridden in and now said, don't worry, we're releasing you from all of that. We're releasing you from those negative consequences down the road when your sexual market value crashes. Because now, if you make a mistake and the guy doesn't stick around, don't worry. Old Mr. State's going to slide in there with everybody else's wallet and grease all of the food uh, pallets that you need in order to feed your trough full of illegitimate kids. And mm -hmm. they, they take away those consequences. It doesn't matter if you don't have a job later because we'll give you money. It doesn't matter if you didn't save your old age retirement. We'll give you a pension. We'll give you social security. We'll give you free health care, free dental care. You name it. So now women, it's a perfectly rational, though, society-destroying response to infinite resources to no longer be selective in your sexual partners. And that, to me, it used to be that, of course, parents would have a big interest in make, making sure that their daughters didn't sleep with the wrong guy, because if they slept with the wrong guy, shameful to the family, you've got the embarrassment, and if she gives birth, the parents have to pay. The parents have to pay for that kid. So the parents are all like, no, 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 we're coming with you on the date. No, 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 you can't be alone with the boy. No, are you talking what, co-ed dorms at college? Are you kidding me? You, you might as well rub yourself up and down with STDs before you go. So it used to be that the consequences would accrue to the local community, the family, and they'd be interested in making sure that women pointed their eggs uh, at the right set of, uh, uh, of little tadpoles. But now all of those consequences have been removed, and it's a wild free-for-all that is really undoing the foundations of everything our ancestors built for. Yes, sir. And it's being pushed 
the woman who was talking about the fire at the house and neighbors, day before the fire, they had robbed, the neighbor's kids had robbed her. And I always point out in most of the news stories that I do, if you ever notice when they finally um, talk to the people around, it's a bunch of women. It's never any men, it's women and kids. Uh, when I grew up, it was a bunch of women and a bunch of children. There were no men. There would be winos and stuff around the neighborhood, but there were no fathers. I mean, that's what it was. It was normal. Well, uh, to be nobody- fair, a couple of male Korean store owners probably somewhere right. in the neighborhood. But yes, as far as role models go, it's a little on the thin side. Right. So you look at what what we're presenting, and then you ask yourself, well, this woman was saying that, well, they stole my kids' Jordans. They stole my kids' scooters. They stole my kid, and she was na- they stole our flat screen TVs. They stole, and she was naming all this opulent stuff. And the cop asked the one just a dumbass question. He said, "So where do you work?" <laughs> yes, oh, her no. answer was, well, "I don't have a job." <laughs> and I was like, the whole time she was talking about how much stuff she has, how great her house layout is, and then for her to be able to say, "Oh, I don't work." And, and I was like, nobody finds this weird. You know, you know what thieves, you know, it's interesting, Tommy, you know what thieves have a tough time getting a hold of? The college fund that you've set up in your local savings and loan. They really can't get a hold of that stuff. But all the useless consumer crap you've got in your house, oh, yeah, they can walk in and out of that. They can't really break into the bank to save your, like to, to go and to strip you of your savings that you've responsibly put away and invested. That's a little tougher than get a hold of. But, yeah, shoes, the, yes, absolutely, they can take those. I was like, a pair of Jordans costs about 250 bucks. Why does your 10-year-old have a $250 pair of shoes? But I bet they don't have $250 in their savings account in their college fund. Most black children were like me when you got old enough to go to college. If you said you wanted to go, they were like, well, good luck with that. I don't know how you're going to pay for it. So for 18 years, you collected child support from my father. Uh, You collected money from the state, and you didn't save any of it for me. Think about how many black children you see right now. As soon as they die and they get on the news, so-and-so got shot. Uh, he was six, seven, eight. What's the first thing the black people have to do? Well, we need to go fund me. Wait a minute. You had this kid and you had Gerber life insurance is, is amazingly cheap from a newborn. You didn't get that. You, you didn't get anything. Your kid has no money saved up. I don't know a black kid who told me, hey, when I was 18, my mom had this much money saved up. But if you have a father, almost every kid I know that had a father, when they turned 18, they had something. The father, even when he was a crackhead or nobody, when he was around, he at least had enough responsibility to try. Even when he had all these monkeys on his back, he tried. But there are women who have none of these monkeys on the back, who are on Instagram showing the world how beautiful they are, who are just being able to be outwardly irresponsible. Why? Because they have that net. Because as they have the state. And I call them, the, I said, the white daddy in America. I said, you don't need a black one because you got a white one. And that white one sits up there and you say, I got 15 kids. And somebody going to help me take care of all these kids. And they literally gave this woman a house. And within six months, they had to arrest her again because after getting this house, they said that woman didn't even have custody of her children. She put them, she was sending them everywhere. And I was thinking, but we still throw money at this problem called single mothers. We don't throw responsibility at them. As a woman, if you're on uh, the system, you shouldn't be allowed to get pregnant again while on the system. You or at least, be. at least don't get money for it. You know, right. at least That's no extra I, money. Because when you... When you children are huge liabilities for society, and because they're huge liability, like economically speaking, they cost a lot of money, time, and energy, right? You know that. So, because children are liabilities for society, fathers become assets because someone's got to pay for those liabilities. Therefore, fathers become assets. The moment 
that children become assets because you can get money from the state by having kids. Fathers become liabilities, which is why fathers aren't allowed in the home of women on welfare, right? Because then fathers got to pay. The moment you turn children from liabilities into assets, you turn husbands from assets into liabilities and everything goes downhill from there. That's right. Like you, you're a married man. So you and your wife hit hard times. Well, because she's with you, there's no help. But if she gets rid of you, she'll get a bunch of help. Oh, yeah. Wait. So you she doesn't know that, to, right? Don't, don't right, tell her so that. Don't tell her that. So, <laughs> so you start to look like um, in the movie Alive when the rugby team crashed in the, in the Alps, I think it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the frozen body in the <laughs> snow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's you. That's how she would see you. She would be like, "Why?" It'd be like watching the old uh, cartoons where the guy would look over at the person and they would turn. Yeah, they'd yeah. be so hungry they would turn into the ham. <laughs> and you'd be sitting there like, "What? What?" <laughs> I'm frozen, salted, freckled meat in this marriage, honey. I hope it doesn't get too cold outside. <laughs> right. So it's sad. Worst that we hummer as men- ever. Anyway. <laughs> It's bad that we as men are being looked at that way because the state is telling the women, be as irresponsible as possible. We'll take care of it. I've talked to plenty of women who called into the show and they said they had friends who had children who had way more time than them to go shopping, way more time than them to go clubbing, always were traveling. And they said they didn't understand it. I have no kids, but I'm having to work all the time. She has kids and she gets time off of work. I mean, think about what kids will do to single women if you hire one. She just had this single baby, uh, uh, baby single. Well, she's going to have to take time off when she has it. She's going to have to take time off because the baby's sick. She's going to have to take time off because she's sick. She's going to have to be late because her babysitting situation is not right. And all of these things go into it. what's happening? She's going to have to go to the washroom to breastfeed, pump. And, you know, to me, if you're pumping into a robot suction device, you may have just drifted a little bit far from the natural order of things. You know, I I don't know. First, I breastfeed the robot, and then the robot breastfeeds my baby. It's like, come (laughs) on, man. Do you ever notice things aren't quite as natural as they used to be? Anyway. I know, and I think the same way. So when you take this, you take a group of people and you raise them to be irresponsible. You tell them that there's no repercussions for what they do and what they say. Because again, a man has repercussions for what he says. If I walk up to Shaq and call him all kinds of names and Shaq punches me, nobody ever says, Shaq, you're too big to hit him. They were going to say, you should have known better. Why would you talk to Shaq like that? But we treat women that way. A woman can tell you, come on, come on, fight me. Boom. You hit me back. Boom. And the guy's got to hold composure. He holds composure. He gets made fun of because he got beat up by a chick. He fights back. How dare you put your hand on a woman? No responsibility. There's no responsibility. And when this woman noticed that women with children were having an easier time at life, then why don't you think she'd look at it and be like, well, I can just go get some random guy. I don't need to wear a birth control. I don't, need, I don't need to make him wear a condom or use any birth control because if I get a baby, my life is actually going to be simplified. And that's what a lot of women are looking at. It. These children are checks. They're checks when they're born and they're checks when they die because in the, in the hood, you have a high possibility that your children will be murdered to street violence. One black woman got on television and everybody felt sorry for her. Oh, all five of my sons were shot and killed right here in Chicago, Illinois. And I thought, how did it get to five? A normal person after one was shot, you'd move. Well, you and also, move? don't you get shot at first before you get shot? I mean, unless they're deliberately targeting you, there's stray bullets and stuff. It's like, I don't know how many stray bullets I need as a sign to get the hell out of the neighborhood, but I can't think it's going to be a whole lot more than one. 
Right. So you have these women who are so irresponsible. They're getting knocked up by gang members. They're getting knocked up in gang territories. And they're staying there because guess what you normally see when you see uh, 12 people were shot and killed today in Chicago? It's usually 12 men. So the men are the ones having to deal with the crap that's going on. It's men. Men are the ones being murdered. Men are the ones being abused. This all happens to men. The women are getting to tell the story. They're putting the cameras in front of them and they're saying, oh, it's so sad that Ron Tavius got shot. But that's all happened in the community. So but you're still allowed to keep having children here. And we don't view that as being irresponsible at all. It is irresponsible to continue to have children in a situation in which you cannot afford them and you know it's dangerous. But like with a lot of my family members, they were incentivized to have these children. They got their little because if you if you. Don't raise the ceiling for what a person can achieve. Then just having their own little apartment in the hood is an achievement. Yeah. Getting a flat screen on that wall, wearing a pair of Jordans and things like that. The rent for a lot of these women, they incentivize them not to work. If you don't work, the rent's $25 a month. You mess around and get a job, they raise the rent in this horrible place up to $400 a month. It's more cost effective to just not work. And to get a boyfriend that's not the father of that kid, which then puts that kid in danger, which is why there's so much molestation and rape going on in these communities. Because when you take the, 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 when you take the dog out of the chicken uh, coop, well, then the fox can easily come in. They're taking the men out of these families. Statistics show that burglars prefer to burglarize a home where there is no man in that house. Why? Why would he choose this? Why, why is this? He thinks it's easier. It normally is easier for him to do it. And, you know, and, and sexual predation, you're right. I mean, uh, studies show that that if you are in a single mother household, you are many, many, like dozens of times more likely to end up being molested because you've got a, a you know, scraggly bunch of low rent drifters coming through the place. And it doesn't take long for you to roll snow, snake eyes uh, on the, you know, intermediate pseudo parent uh, dice roll and end up with some real uh, grabby hands creepster. And uh, this is not going to happen if there's a, a father in the house who's sticking around and, and keeping an eye on things. Yep. And then here's the funniest part. If you don't want to believe in what Stefan and I are saying about the wealth transfer, if it were not a wealth transfer, if Chris Brown's money was so important in life, then just give him the child. Because if money matters that much, and most men Hmm. would take that if you said, well, we're not going to make you pay child support. We're going to actually just give you custody of the kid because money matters that much. And most men would say, I don't even need the mom to pay me child support. You give me custody, it's going to save me money, it's going to give me more access, and I'm going to raise a more responsible kid. Because studies show single fathers raise better citizens, more productive citizens, than single mothers do. Now, now sorry to interrupt, so, because I get that question a lot, and I haven't had a chance to dig into the data. So if you could expand on that a bit, Tommy. That's, so, so the single dads are doing a better job as, in general than single moms? Yes, but they claim the sample size is too small. Well, the state is making the sample size too small. <laughs> right, Most right. guys would take the kid over the bill. Think about it. I would rather Chris Brown would rather pay a nanny and it would still be less than $10,000 a month to keep his kid while he goes on the road than to keep giving this woman $10,000 a month plus expenses for her living. I mean, who, who wants to do that? If you think about what's happening, they're pushing men to the brink. You have an idea that a woman can have a 400 credit score, which means she doesn't pay pretty much every bill she's ever went out and gotten on her own. But if a guy misses two child support payments, he can be arrested. That woman won't be arrested, but she owes Wells Fargo $200,000 because she foreclosed on the house. 
we're not sitting and thinking about it. And even when guys are single parents, the majority of the time when the woman misses child support payments, they will negotiate to try and not have her arrested because they think it's an ugly look to have that kid's mom in jail. Well, don't you think it would be an ugly look to have a kid already hear you say you look like your stupid dad and I hate your dad and men did me wrong. And then he's got to look on television, see his dad arrested for not paying child support. And if money mattered so much, arresting a man for not paying child support makes no sense because while he's in jail, she doesn't get any money. So why is the woman still happy that he's arrested when if the whole thing was about money, she'd be like, no, don't put him in jail, put him at work. Well, and how's his job prospects going to be after he gets out of jail with a record, right? I mean, this is the cycle. And then you take a guy who's just in there for not paying child support, but he's in there with a guy who uh, robbed a bank, another guy who assaulted someone. And so now he's having to fit in with these people so what do you normally do when you have to fit in with these people? Well, you have to start to be as tough as them and rough as them. And then you have to start learning from them because the guy who robbed the bank is telling you, I know you're having this problem with child support. They've had you in here for three months. It's just gotten bigger. I got caught robbing this last one, but I think I figured it out. Well, you're going to listen to him because now you have this thumb of oppression on you and you need to get it off. So you will then do something wild and crazy to try and just pay that bill. Either you will run or you will do something out of line. I have people right now. They've been floating around. Uh, Tommy's getting all these donations because he's just paying off his child support with it. First off, it's stupid and it's not true, but let's just say it was. Why do we believe that child support is so important that a man should pay it or he'll be jailed? But there's never been a drive to help a man out that's been arrested and say, hey, the guy's $30,000 behind. He's been arrested. Guys, let's get a GoFundMe together so we can get this $30,000 to get him out of jail. And the money won't go to him. It will go to his, his children. And the woman will get what she needs, which we all say they need money. Why would that be frowned upon, Stefan? Think about it. Why would helping you out, Stefan, with us raising money so you could pay your child support so your kids could have that money we claim we needed? Why would that be a bad thing? Why, why don't we ever do that? Why do we believe he must be punished by going to jail? But a woman who has a bunch of kids that she can't afford to take care of, nobody would frown upon us if we started GoFundMe like they did the black woman for her six kids. And uh, she wanted them to have a great Christmas, not a college fund. Nope. You have six kids did not ask for a college fund. You had six kids. You did not ask for health care. You had six kids. You did not ask for dental care. You said, I want them to have a great Christmas and I don't have money to give them. And do you know Eddie Vedder, who I used to like, wrote this woman a $10,000 check for Christmas? Mm. Do you know they raised her over 30 grand for Christmas? But we would never do that for a guy. And it was hilarious because they found out she was living with a guy, a boyfriend, <laughs> who had been arrested for what? Not paying child support. But when oh. she was doing her news interview, she was going off on her baby's father's because they weren't paying child support. So you're harboring a guy who doesn't pay child support while going after guys for child support. But we got to help pay for you not being able to support your kids instead of since those guys that you had those kids by are running away from the law, why don't we just use that money to pay for them? So therefore we take those guys out of the prison system. We give money for your children. Everybody should be happy for that. 
But Stefan, we don't because we believe that a man should be punished. We like the idea of men going to jail and we throw away the key and we barely even pay attention to all of the men who've been released because the Innocence Project has shown that women have lied on these guys in court and had them uh, arrested for no reason. And then, tragically, Tommy, of course, after all this, women complain that men just mysteriously have a failure to commit because we're just so emotionally immature. It's like, no, it's because we can read. So listen, let's, let's take a break here. I, I really, really want to thank you for the time. It, it was a great pleasure. It was everything I hoped and thought it was going to be. Want to remind people, I mean, hopefully this has given you a taste. If you haven't heard of Tommy before, go get your brain stretched in interesting and yogic tantra, new, new dimensions and directions. So go to youtube.com forward slash Sotomayor, S-O-T-O-M-A-Y-O-R-T-V-2. Check out the movie coming out this summer. Is that right? This summer? Yes. This summer, mm-hmm. Fatherless America, uh, fatherlessamerica.com and uh, sotomayortv.com. Tommy, a great pleasure. I'm sure we'll be able to do it again soon. And thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. We'd love to come back. It's an honor. 